<laughs> okay, let's do this. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome. Welcome to another live stream. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. Let's double check. Tom, uh, okay. Yeah, Bob, I see your... Uh, I see your note here about live chat. So here we go. Live chat up here, live chat over here. Hopefully that means we have done our job <laughs> and I won't be in top chat. Thank you, Bob, for the reminder. You know, Bob's poor guy, he, he uh, he's told me a few times and I've thought I've done it and gone to live chat. And then later it turns out, nope, when I went to, um, I don't know, when I went live, it reverted or when I switched, I was top chat on one screen and live chat on another, all kinds of weird stuff. So um, hopefully this time it works. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Okay. So I'm getting the giveaway ready. We're going to give away some rasboras today. And okay, it's all ready. Everything's still, all systems go. Great. My sound isn't working. Hang on. Does anyone else not hear me? One is still top chat. Hopefully that changed. Can everyone hear me? I just got to notice that sound isn't working. So I want to make sure everyone can hear me. I have sound. Okay, cool. Great. All right. Well, welcome. Um, I'm going to start by doing something and I'm not going to do this again for a long time. I promise because I've been doing this a lot, but I want to point you guys to a GoFundMe. It's not for me. It's for 54 punchy. And I know a few weeks ago we, uh, we did this for candy overhauls. And I know just like last week I pitched, uh, for donations and investments to expand my business. And so I, I, I don't try back to back to be like, hey, give money. But 54 Punchy, a.k.a. Pam, um, could use some help. I'm going to link her GoFundMe down here. This is a GoFundMe that Candy Overhaul set up for 54 Punchy. So if you love 54 Punchy as much as I do, or not Candy, as I affectionately call her, um, then check out that link. Uh, she could use some help and uh, check out the details. And, and if you can help her out, let's try to do that. I'm going to give her half of the live chats, the live chats, the super chats from tonight so uh, that we can help her out. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully all goes good for you, Pam. I'm thinking of you. Yeah, I wish there was more I could do. I really do. And I, I promise I won't. Well, I say that and then like some some travesty will happen to Bob next week and we'll have to help him. No, no, no. Sorry, Bob. I'm not trying to curse you, but I really don't intend to like try to promote, give money, give money, give money all the time. It's just, it seems like the last few weeks there's been some need. So sorry to do that again, but Pam's worth it. So um, yeah, I, I won't dwell on it too long just because I don't want this stream to become the, oh, Dan's going to ask for money for someone's stream. But I, I do want to bring it to your attention in case you're not aware of what's going on. All right. So let's talk about the giveaway for this week. 
And then I'm going to tell you a story about adventures in importing fish that I went through this week. Um, so the fish we're going to give away are these guys. These are exclamation point rasboras, uh, Boraris, Europhalmoides. I practiced that. I had the scientific name down before the live stream. <laughs> Boraris, Europhalmoides. It's that pH and TH together that, you know, gets me. Europhalmoides. Jeez. Latin language ain't easy. Unless that's Greek. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, so to enter that, if you'd like to win some of these little fishies, here's how to do it. Enter hashtag Rasbors exclamation point, since these are exclamation point Rasbors. If you put that in a comment in chat, then that will automatically enter you um, to win some of these fish. And if you win, we'll do, we'll do the giveaway later in the stream. Then I will send them to you Monday. All right. Skippers of Quorums, $20 for Dan and Pam. You both are awesome. Skippers, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thanks for being an amazing mod, you and my other mods. And I did miss a super chat from Edgar uh, Stetchenfinger, $2. All good. Thanks for letting me know sand was good. And I hope that all the fishies arrive in good shape, Edgar. Um, okay. So... Let's talk a little bit before I give you the story about the uh, adventures in importing fish <laughs> as I experienced them this week. Let's talk about the exclamation point Rasbora. So they're little nano fish, very diminutive. They're the same size and temperament as the chili Rasbora, which is very popular, or a couple of the other ones. Uh, the Barara genus just great little nano fish, great community fish, and the only downside to them is their small size, so other stuff can eat them. Caleb Aquatics, $1.99 with a sticker of a dancing pear that occasionally moons me. Thank you, Caleb Aquatics, for the super chat. Appreciate it. Um, so... I have found that Boraris can be very, very delicate, but not once they're through quarantine. Once they're established, they're really hardy. When they first come in, though, they are pretty delicate. They're one of those fish that comes in super pinched bellies a lot of times, a lot of times in really shaky shape. So it does take a little while. But once they're through quarantine and once they've settled, then they're pretty much rock solid. And they should do really well for you. They don't mess with plants. They don't mess with other fish. They eat everything. They eat flakes. They eat crushed up pellets, frozen food, rapashi food, little live foods. They love baby brine shrimp. Just a pleasant fish. And their color differs a little bit between males and females. Let me see if I can show you. Yeah. So the males are a little more colorful, a little more orange. And then this is what a female or a washed out male looks like. Just a little less of that, that orange color. So they are one that you can sex when they settle in and, and color out. And <laughs> Caleb Aquatics, another super chat, $1.99 with the cool, is it a pear? Like a pear with a jogging band on its head. <laughs> River Life, 10 bucks. Hey, River Life. Good to see you here. I lurk on your streams, and I know you recently did a stream where you helped donate to Project Piaba and to Candy's family. So thanks for you doing that too. The Dan Pam Fun. You both rock. Thanks, River Life. Um, so they don't jump these little exclamation point rasboras. 
And I wouldn't worry about pH or hardness or anything. I really do think that even if you have hard alkaline water, that as long as you keep your water clean, you'll be fine. Again, the only real caveat is they stay small, like under an inch. And so if you do have larger fish, they can become snacks. Also, they can get out competed, although they are fairly quick to the food and things like that once they learn where it is and things. But anything that's real aggressive or boisterous, they're they're kind of going to shy away from. So be aware of that as well. Caleb Aquatics throwing another $1.99 super chat down. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this pair. Hopefully you all can see it. It's a little sticker of a pair uh, like doing a shimmy, getting embarrassed and going, oh, doing a Betty Boop. Um, <laughs> oh. So anyway, that's the fish that's in the giveaway for tonight. So if you'd like to keep them, hashtag Razaboras exclamation point. Let me make sure I didn't lead you astray. Here it is just one more time to look at. Razbor's exclamation point. All right, adventures in fish importing. So I had an interesting uh, experience this week importing fish. So the airport that I picked the fish up is a couple hours away on a good day. When it's snowy and icy, it can take a little longer. And this week it was it was cold, icy. Today's high was 23 degrees. Yesterday was warmer, but today 23 degrees was our high. 23 Fahrenheit. So, um, I drove to Billings on Monday to pick up my shipment of fish, and I checked tracking a couple hours before I took off. I checked it, um, got all the boxes ready to ship, took the boxes to the post office, and continued my merry way up to Billings, got to the Delta Cargo pickup, and walked up, and the first thing is, there was a sign on the counter that said, we'll return at 4 o'clock. And I was like, no, you're open till 2. It's only like 1.35, 1.40. What is going on? So I walked my little tushy back behind the counter and into their office. <laughs> Just because I wasn't going to sit there till 4 o'clock. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm here to pick up the fish. And uh, I thought you were open till two. What's going on? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're open till two. We just helped the last person and put up a closed sign. Go figure. Because um, what are the odds that someone would walk up in the half an hour that they're doing the pre-close, see the sign and not know that they're just back in the office to get help, right? Anyway, um, so they came up and helped me and they said, oh, nope, the fish are not coming until 9.30 tonight, 9.15 tonight. So I was like, oh man, really? Because it looked like they were on their way when I checked a few hours ago and we looked and it's true. The fish uh, were did not get on the plane for the 1.15 flight. And so I had to kill about eight hours in Billings until 9.15. So I'm in Billings. I go to a great fish store that's there called uh, Treasure State Aquariums. Let me show you this. If you are in Billings, then check or around Billings, check this pet, this fish store out. I was very impressed. They do salt water and fresh water and everything was clean. I got to talk to them for a while. 
and they seem like responsible fish keepers. Uh, that's I'm, I'm thrilled to have a store like that in my region, even though it's a couple hours away. But anyway, so went there, killed a couple hours just browsing. I walked in and they're like, can I help you? And I'm like, well, my shipment was delayed. So I'm honestly just trying to kill a few hours. They're like, okay, <laughs> just left me alone. We chatted a bit. Um, then I went to like a buffet. I don't usually do buffets because the food's usually like stale and old. But I went to a buffet and killed another two hours just because I could sit there and like get one thing, eat it slowly, get a bit of a drink, get another thing, eat it slowly, right? So I killed a couple hours of a buffet. Then I went to the uh, Billings Public Library, killed a couple more hours, and finally went back up to the airport. Got there about 8.45. No one was there, which they should have been because they're not closed at that time. And finally, someone showed up and I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up the fish. And they're like, oh, we didn't get any fish. I'm like, what? I literally talked to you guys earlier today and was told they were going to come. True enough, the fish did not arrive. So this was Monday. So the fish are not arriving Monday. 9.15 is the last, fry, the last flight they could have come in from because they were in like St. Paul, Twin Cities area. Anyway... So I'm like, well, this is not good. When are they going to come? And they checked for me and they're like, the soonest they're going to get here is 930 Tuesday. I'm like, but there's earlier flights. And they're like, I know, I don't know why, but it says 930 Tuesday. So I'm worried because it's cold and they're in Minnesota where it ain't warm. And I know that the supplier doesn't put in long-term heat packs. So I'm really worried. There's nothing I can do. So I'm like, okay, I'll drive home and come back tomorrow night. So I drive the two and a half, three hours home because it's dark and icy. So I'm going home really slow. Get home around midnight, finish some stuff up, go to bed. It's been a long day. I'm kind of tired, a little frustrated. Get a call a little about 6.30 the next morning that says, hey, you're a fisher here. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we got your box of fish. And I'm like, well, I'm glad they came earlier, but you guys told me they were going to come till 9, 15, 930 tonight. They're like, nope, they're here. I'm like, well, I would have just stayed the night in Billings, right? Picked them up and then drove home. I don't want to have to drive to Billings again. That's a four hour trip just driving plus the time to get the fish. That's five to six hours at least round trip. So my wife had a brilliant idea and she's like, hey, why don't you call like that courier service that you looked into a while ago? So I did. Turns out the timing worked out right. They were able to pick up the fish. They drove them down to me and uh, it cost it cost like 65 bucks to get them brought down from the airport. But it saved me a five to six hour round trip. Got them, uh, brought them in, opened them up. There was no heat pack in the box, none whatsoever. The, the fish were cold. Luckily though, most of the species can take the cold. They, there were some pandagara, some uh, Siamese algae eaters. There were cardinal tetras. I was really worried about them, but they recovered okay. And Celebes rainbows, those were hit the hardest. But it took a while, but finally got the fish in yesterday, got them settled in, had a f some losses, but not nearly as much as I expected. But that was the adventure. It was, uh, 
Mondays are always a long day. It was super long. And then Tuesday ended up being a long day waiting for the fish. So what should have taken just a few hours to overnight the fish ended up taking a couple days. Now, you all experience that on your end uh, when you buy fish online because, uh, you know, there's sometimes delays and it's frustrating and I get that. And I just want you to know I'm not out of touch. I know what it feels like to experience a delay in shipping and to be super worried about it and all that. I guess the difference is, is that when responsible uh, vendors online ship fish, they, they plan for a delay. They have, they make sure the heat packs are going to last longer. There's plenty of oxygen and all that. So in case it happens, you're okay. But when I'm buying from an exporter or uh, through an importer or something like that, it's not always the case. So it was a really harrowing experience. But that was my adventure in importing fish for this week. And I have to say, though, this is the first time in a long time. I can't remember the last time when a, when a package was a, a box a shipment of, of fish was, was delayed like this on import. So luckily it doesn't usually happen. And it turns out what the issue was, was there was some really bad weather. So the planes were disgrounded. No one can help that. No one can plan for that. You can put in a heat pack, especially when I, I, I literally email my suppliers because if they're in Florida or California or Texas or something, they don't know my weather and say, Hey, it's like the high is like 23 degrees today. Um, could we make sure the fish are warm and kind of wish they would anyway, that is the adventure in importing fish on a good note. The electrician is almost done in the uh, expansion building. We're expanding Dan's Fish. We're going to add 81 aquariums, and they're almost done putting in the electricity, uh, getting everything so I can plug in lights and, and heaters and the stuff I need to do. Um, and after that, the insulation will come in and do spray on insulation all through the building. And then things will start moving pretty quick from there. The other good no news is that I met with my attorney today and we got most of the uh, documents and things pretty much finalized and ready to go. So if you're an investor and you're waiting for documents, I should be emailing you a set tomorrow. I got I got a final set tonight. I just haven't had time to read over them. So I want to read them and make sure everything's in them that, that my attorney and I discussed. And then I will send them to you. So for those that are waiting, um, if you're watching this, then that is where that is at. So good progress on the expansion front. I'm very encouraged. It's, it's clipping right along and we're on track to, to make this happen quickly. Alrighty, so with that, I'm going to get to your questions and comments and scroll up to acknowledge all of the super chats that I missed. Thank you so much. Petsotics, throwing down a dollar. Petsotics, it's great to see you. It's been a little while. Hope you're doing well. Oh, Petsotics, that reminds me, uh, because you have a store on Get Gills, that reminds me, I wanted to show people something super cool on Get Gills, which is this. We have our very first saltwater item. Some corals. I literally know nothing about corals, except for that now there is 
our very first saltwater item for sale on Get Gills, kind of a momentous occasion. So thank you, the Lone Aquarist store, for posting those. So now I can say Get Gills does fresh and saltwater. <laughs> Could never say that before. Um, Caleb Aquatics, $1.99 Super Chat War. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb Aquatics, for another. Is that like the fourth or fifth? Petsotics, $5. Hey, thanks. I'm scrolling up, so I'm getting these in reverse order. Pam is cool. Dan is not. Just kidding. Well, my cool just pales in comparisons to Pam. That is true. If I didn't think Dan was cool, I wouldn't be here. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting. We appreciate it. Caleb Aquatics throwing down another super chat, $1.99. Are you doing that thing where it's like you throw down a, or I'm sorry, 99 cents. You throw down 99, so we thank you. Throw down 99, so we thank you. Throw down 99, so we thank you. Just to eventually hear 54 Punchy go, ah, thank you. <laughs> Skippers Aquariums, $20. Let's get this super chat going. Come on, people, please. Hey, thanks, Skippers. Appreciate that. And again, I always like when my mods who are already working on the channel, donating their time and their energy and their talent and their expertise for free, also throw down super chats. It just makes me so grateful. Like, I'm already grateful to you guys. And when you up the ante by throwing down cash, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. So thank you to my mods. And thank you. Um, for super chatting on top of that skipper's aquariums that's very generous of you caleb aquatics couple more 99 cent super chats and i think that catches me up on the super chat chain yeah the last one's the betty boop pair all right so we've caught up on that all right i'm gonna get to questions and comments and uh see if if we can get a little discussion going if you have a question or comment that you would like me to get to if you'd make it at dance fish the mods will be showing you how to do that in the chat um so it highlights for me so i see it and i'll get right to it well <laughs> who are we kidding i'm always way be far behind in the chat i'll get to it eventually Lumpy Dog, turns out the albino plecos won't eat soft-boiled zucchini. Weird. Are you sure they are plecos, lol? Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Plecos love zucchini. Yeah, the pickiest plecos on the planet. <laughs> you have the, the, the only, like, you found the vampire bat equivalent to albino bushy nose. They're just sucking your fish's blood at night. No, that is weird. I bet they'll I bet they'll get it though. Like if you keep putting in Blanche zucchini, they've eventually gotta start eating it, right? I mean they're bushy nose for crying out loud. And they're not like a weird species or anything. These are standard albino bushy nose. Zucchini zucchini vores. <laughs> Rockford fishkeeping, the gouramis came in and looked great, even ate flake already. I'm so glad to hear that. Anytime I can get species that the internet says are delicate and impossible and all that to someone in good shape eating flakes and pellets and all that it just makes my little heart sink so anytime i can send out chocolate garamis and they get there in good shape i'm super happy and that in my experience that species is almost always 100 percent arrives alive and does great only once uh, a couple months ago, did I get a batch in that for some reason I sent uh, two boxes from that batch where both those boxes that week 
there were some problems. But besides that one, in the last year, I probably sold like six or 800 of them and shipped them. All arrived alive, as far as I know, all alive later. So this is a good batch. If you experienced a problem, if you were one of the, I think, two people that had a problem on the earlier shipment of chocolate grammys a couple months ago um, and want to get more, now's the time. I think this batch has proven rock solid. I've sold lots of them and I, I can't think of any problems I've had. Yeah. So this might be the one to get if you had a problem earlier. But great Rockford, I'm glad to hear that. And eating flakes, yep, they're they're easy. Easy fish. Kenny Overalls, how did you get in? They are closed on Monday. So Treasure State Aquariums is now open seven days a week. I didn't think I would get in either, Candy. Um, so I, I called just in the off chance that they would be there cleaning tanks and open their door or something and, and remember me from previous times <laughs> that I talked with them and let me in. And I called and they, they answered and they're like, yeah, we're open till seven. So 11 to seven on Mondays, they are now open. Uh, by the way, Candy, um, Peplin Creek won the pair of McMasteri, Epistogramma McMasteri last week and wanted to know if you would like them. So um, if you want them, would you let me know and I will get them to you. Or if you're in a situation where you're like, I can't take any more fish right now. I don't know where to put them or, you know, with everything going on, I just can't take new fish. That's fine. Just let me know and I'll, I'll let Peplin know and uh, we'll figure out something else. But they did want you to have them if you want them. So I haven't sent them yet. I was, I was trying to get a hold of you to see if you would like them. Killers Aquatics. Oh, thank you, uh, Bob Kaler, for noting how to highlight so that I can see your question or comment. Candy overhauls. Thank you, Caleb Aquatics. Is your allowance almost gone? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Apparently not, because it kept coming. Lumpy Dog, I believe Zillow.com has nice real estate in Florida. <laughs> Hashtag not freaking cold. Yeah, yeah. There are days when I miss my old California. There are days for sure. But weirdly enough, Wyoming has a lot going for it. When I first got here, it was weird. I was like... The pace of life was super slow. I, I would talk to people and I'd be in a hurry to get something done so I could move on to the next thing. Because i that's the mentality I moved here with, that kind of go, 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 go mentality. And I had to learn to relax, man. <laughs> so I'm a lot more chill now, believe it or not, than I was when I moved here. Wyoming has chilled me out quite a bit. Skip literally because it's cold and figuratively because everyone here is like chill. Skipper's Aquariums, remember the super chats are split with 54 Punchy, the art of fish keeping and dance fish. That's right. Half the super chats are going to help 54 Punchy, a.k.a. Pam, a.k.a. not candy, um, because uh, she can use some help right now. And she's an amazing mod. And I, I really like to help my mods out when I can. Because Aquatics listing how to invest in Dan's Fish. We are expanding. We are raising money. So if you want to be part of that, um, check out that link 
to the GoFundMe. And um, it's not just asking for free money. There's uh, certain thresholds. You get certain discounts and things, but it, it, at a large enough threshold, $10,000 or more, you actually become an investor in the company and own um, a piece of the company. New Mexico Aquatics, if when I ever get cherry barb fry, okay, can they eat baby brine shrimp? If not, please advise other food for the younglings. Thank you, little Bobby. So little Bobby, I would definitely not start them on baby brine shrimp. They will be able to eat baby brine shrimp, but it. Um, here's what's going to happen. If you just feed baby brine shrimp from the get-go, in my experience, what happens is if there's 300 in the batch, and you get 300 fry hatch out and you only feed baby brine shrimp, you might raise like a dozen or something like that. Most of them are not going to be strong enough or big enough to eat the baby brine shrimp or maybe none of them are, but a few find enough little critters and stuff to sustain them for a couple days until they are big enough to eat the baby brine shrimp. I'm not quite sure how it plays out. I just know survival rates are not going to be as high. Um, a great alternative is green water. If you can get an aquarium, uh, maybe throw a sponge filter or an air stone in it and put some nutrients in there and a lot of light, then green water should blossom for you and you can feed them that. I am going to do a video. I'm going to say, oh, I don't want to say that. I was going to say tomorrow, but then if, if uh, I'm going to do a video really soon on how I make green water, hopefully that helps. The other thing you can do though is make infusoria. You take a vegetable, boil it. Uh, it can be almost anything, piece of broccoli, piece of carrot, piece of lots of different kinds of vegetables. Boil it and put it in a jar add some water to that jar from a cycled aquarium. All the little critters, microorganisms, infusoria in the water in your aquarium will come in contact with that food, the little piece of boiled vegetable you put in there, they'll eat it and they'll just boom. And you'll get a kind of this white cloud of these little microorganisms that we call infusoria and you can feed those to them for the first couple days. Um, another great food would be rotifers. You kind of need a whole special setup to, to keep in culture rotifers. So that's a little harder. So that's what I would suggest. Instructions on how to feed, or I'm sorry, how to create a microworm worm culture can be found at Mark's Aquatics, I believe is the name of the YouTube channel. Let me just show it to you here. Yes, here he is, Mark's Aquatics. I will post the link down below for you. Here's his channel though. Uh, this is a dude from, uh, I, I think from England, although it could be <laughs> somewhere in the British Isles, um, and does has several videos on breeding egg layers and making infusoria for them. Let's see, did that link? Hang on, that doesn't look like it linked. I tried to link it, hopefully that linked. Yes, um, that linked. I would, I would watch his videos on raising and spawning egg layers any of the the tetras or barbs or danios and things that he does it's all pretty much the same way and the way he does it is super easy 
And the way he raises infusoria, anyone can do if they have a jar and some water. Now, the downside to raising infusoria like in your house is that culture can get kind of stinky. So you're going to want to try to put that culture somewhere where people won't be bothered by the smell. Because what happens is as that piece of boiled vegetable decomposes, the decomposers are bacteria, right? So the bacterial colony booms and the infusoria and all the little critters that you want to feed your fish then eat all the bacteria and their their colony booms. So you have to go through that bacteria boom, which is a bit of a smelly uh, proposition. Yeah. Green water is nice because if you have an, a small aquarium uh, or something with a cycled sponge filter in it, put in nutrients, put on a lot of light, then you, you don't get that really strong kind of decomposition smell that you can get from infusoria. All right. Tasty fish sauce, a $65 wide drive, two hours each way, unless it's per box. So the, usually I can, it's a great question and I would use them if the timing worked. Usually I can't because they have to pick up their last pickup at the airport before they come down to Sheridan is something like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Unfortunately, the earliest that uh, the fish can get to the airport in Billings, which is one of the closest airports to me, is usually around 12.30 or a little after 1 p.m. So I, I miss the window. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work out. This time it worked out because the fish were there early in the morning, so I could call them and they could go pick them up, you know, before 10 a.m. or whatever and bring them down. But I hear you, Tasty Fish Sauce. If the timing worked out, I would have them bring them down every time. Absolutely. For 65 bucks, that's like, that's gas, right? <laughs> so there's no reason not to do that. But I'm not their only client. When they come down, they come down in a pretty big truck and they have equipment for mines and um, crane industries that are around here and all kinds of stuff. And they can't just not go at their appointed time because they're waiting for, you know, something else to arrive at the airport. So that's why. If anyone knows of a courier in Billings that can come at any time, that would be great. Um, but, but most are pretty locked in. Against the flow, excited about your expansion. Me too. Thank you for helping the hobby. Hey, thank you for being here and helping me. I, I appreciate it. I just being part of this community, helping this, being a viewer and commenting, that alone is a big help. So, but thanks. I'm glad you appreciate what we do because we do work hard at it for sure. Skippers Aquariums, you are welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Full Moon Aquatics, top chat. What? No, where, 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 where? Okay, so, oh, weird. I see what you're talking about right here. See, what I see is live chat and live chat, right? Oh, did it just switch? Nope. But here it says top chat. What is going on with that? I... I literally don't know what's why it's showing that there. That is weird. Okay, I'm going to try one thing. 
and try to update my chat connection, but it's the same. No, it's not going to do anything different, and I'm afraid it might delete everything. So I'm looking at the URL for my chat, which is what I have to share with my streaming software, and it is literally the same as my live chat. I don't know what to tell you. What I'm looking at and reading is this, that apparently is live chat, but <laughs> but what it shows you is top chat. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. I think what I'll try is next time, right after I go live, is I'll take a minute to, once I switch to live chat, to take the URL and then put it in my streaming software and then see if it displays um, top chat for you folks or not. But I see how that could be confusing. Well, this answers a little bit because I'm often like, I'm in live chat and I get uh, messages that are like, you're in top chat. And I'm very confused because it shows me I'm in live chat. But maybe it's because I put it in before we went live or something. So I'll try that next stream before there's a bunch of chat. I don't want to try it now because I'm afraid if I put in, cut that URL and put it in, even though it's the same URL, that I might lose everything we have going on right now. But I do very much appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Thank you. <laughs> Poor Bob Kaler. He's always, he's always, you're in top chat. And I'm always like, I thought I was in live chat. It's confusing on my end. <laughs> All right. Oh, that being said, it jumped on me and cut me off anyway. Okay. Well, this is as good a time as any. We're going to try something here. Hopefully we don't lose um, anything. I'm going to try this and see if this says that I'm in live chat on your screen. Okay. Hopefully we don't lose everything. Here we go. Yeah, it still says top chat. I don't think there's any way around it. Like... What it displays for you guys, this is just a display window that's popped out. There's literally no way I can click on this. It's not a clickable thing. It's just a screen. Whereas what I'm dealing with here says it is on live chat on both chat feeds. Yeah. If someone here um, is a YouTube wizard and an OBS studio wizard and can help me fix that problem. If you'd send me an email, Dan at Dan's Fish, I would be most grateful to uh, hear how to make that not as confusing. <laughs> okay, I just missed a bunch of stuff because chat did jump on me. Oh, but I can still scroll up over here. Okay, here we go. So what did I miss? Couple super chats. Thank you so much. Who are they? KP, $2.50. Oak maple as substitute for Indian almond leaves. Absolutely. I've never used maple. Um, not because I don't think it would work, just because I don't have a ready source of it around that I know of, but I use oak leaves all the time. Yes. Um, oak leaves are fantastic. Just age them, uh, make sure they're fully dried. You don't want to put anything that's green or still has 
sap in them or anything like that. I don't even know if that would hurt anything, but it gets unsightly as it kind of molds and decomposes and stuff more so than the oak leaves that are really dried out. So what I do is out in my shed, I have this big bin and in the fall, I go and I collect the oak leaves. I put them in the bin and I let them sit and I don't use them again until the next spring. So they've been out for months and they're dry and aged. Yeah. But I don't know if that's necessary. It's just what I do. Yeah. Oak leaves are fantastic. They are thinner. So they tend to kind of, after a little while, they can, you can get a little mess and stuff like that. They aren't as, they don't stay together quite as well as Indian almond leaves. Um, they tend tend to kind of powder and they're so thin that when they get well waterlogged, they tend to like fold up on themselves and stuff like that. But um, if, but they can have a cool aesthetic too. They just behave a little differently, but they're fantastic for introducing um, tannins into the water. Absolutely. Chattanooga Ed, $10. Thanks Chattanooga. Dan and Pam, best night on fish too. Well, thank you very much. And I still have to watch that video of you in the Murphy hat. I, I haven't done that yet. You as Murphy. I'm a little behind. It has been super busy wrangling um, construction folks for the expansion, getting all the paperwork done, all, all that stuff. But I will watch it. Ty Hunsicker throwing down five bucks. Your hatchets still look awesome behind you. How's your special Denison doing? He's great. Chu Man Fu um, is right here. Little pug nose Denison barb, roseline barb, and with his with his nose smashed in like that, it forces his little whiskers down. So it looks like he's got like the uh, you know sensei droopy mustache. <laughs> so I think he's awesome. Man, the super chats are flying in. Thanks, everybody. Um, never required, but always appreciated. It makes the wife super happy and will help out 54 Punchy tonight. Wichita Falls Fishkeeper, $5. Good job, Fox. If I could do it on camera, let's try that again. There you go. <laughs> and Tasty Fish Sauce, throwing down two bucks. Live chat, top chat, we all chat. <laughs> chat will happen. I don't know if it'll be live or top or a mixture of the two, but chat is happening. And Ginger Graves. <laughs> I like that one, Ginger. Um, and... Yeah, Ginger, sorry about the last shipment. I, I don't know how much detail you would be okay with me going into, but sorry that things didn't go as smoothly as usual, and thanks for still being my friend. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that for now. Um, okay, so the next question or comment I can get to, because chat jumped on me, is... Pugamus Maximus. Do you have pugs? Is this like a, a pug dog thing? Pugamus Maximus. How to breed emerald rasboras. So I have this thing on this channel where I try not to give bad advice, which means if I haven't done something or 
watch something happen in a friend's fish room or, or something have real kind of firsthand knowledge in some aspect, I tend not to answer the questions. This is one of those species. I've never bred emerald rasboras. However, Rachel O'Leary, as we speak, is doing videos on breeding emerald rasboras. So I would check out her channel on YouTube and you'll probably get all the information you need. I would also refer you again to Mark's Aquatics. Um, I don't know if he's specifically bred them or not, but I think he's done CPDs, which is basically the, the same fish almost, uh, reproduces the same way. Um, so I've read about it. I've watched videos on it. I, I, I know the gist of it, but since I haven't done it, um, I'd refer you to those places where they have. But basically, they're an egg scatterer. And if you treat them as you would maybe a Tetra, Rasbora, Danio, Barb, something like that, they need somewhere to drop their eggs. And then the fry are teeny tiny, so you have to figure out green water, infusoria, rotifer, something like that. But I, I can't go into detail just because I don't want to be one of those people that just perpetuates myths and, and talks about things that I haven't done as if I know what I'm talking about. I really don't with that species. All right. Thank you so much. Kayla's Aquatics, $10. <laughs> Sticker's hilarious. Like, I suppose I'm supposed to do that now since I did the, the chair spin for Ginger. But what you don't know is I'm all professional up top. But I'm a party down below. I've got my PJs on, so I, I can't do that. <laughs> but thanks, Bob. Tiffany White, $10. I appreciate all the super chats. Thanks, everybody. Never required, always appreciated. And it makes my wife super happy. And again, we are helping 54 Punchy out, so I appreciate it. I'm not pretending I don't benefit too, though. I'm splitting half and half with Pam. So I would like to give it all to Pam, but... I'm still on ramen wages and I, I literally, uh, <laughs> I literally am not in a point where I can just help as much as I want to in situations like this. Let's put it that way. Um, Skipper's Aquariums, I'm on my phone. Man, modding from your phone, bold move. I'm going to be on my phone tomorrow. We're not going to have electricity for um, six, eight hours because they have to cut the electricity to my property tomorrow so that they can finish the work in the new facility, um, bring in a new line and all that. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So if you don't get responses to your emails tomorrow, I'm sorry. It, uh, my computer's not working. I'm on my phone, but... It's going to run out of charge eventually, and I'm real slow on my phone. Typing with my thumbs, not very efficient. Coffee Joe. Sorry, got it backwards. Let's try that again. Joe Coffee. I want to move to Wyoming. Come on over. Hurry and build that expansion so you can hire my janitorial services. All right. Well, Joe, I'm hurrying as fast as I can. It's in the works. Brandon C. at 54 Punchy, your paintings are incredibly stunning. Yes, 54 Punchy is an amazing artist. Um, another way to support her, buy her art. I mean, it's fantastic. It's world-class stuff. She's good. She's legit. Chewy LTD, Wyoming has got quite a bit of history behind it from the aspect of American fish. Are there many native fish from that state kept in the aquarium hobby? Um, 
there's a few darters and a few shiners that you could keep. I'm in an interesting situation. I'm up really high up by the mountains. So the headwaters are just a few miles from me. I can literally look and see the snow on the mountain that creates the headwaters here. And we're also close to the continental divide. So we're so far up the, um, the supply of water that we don't have a ton of species as the water gets from its source and goes down gradually and hits the Missouri river and then the Mississippi and, and goes on more species are aggregated. But when you're right up close to the headwaters, there's actually very few species up here. And what we do have, unfortunately, um, a lot of them are introduced like sunfish, um, some of the different, the crappies, um, some of the species of trout and things like that. So in my specific spot in Wyoming, not a ton of species of fish. As you go closer over to um, the plains, as you go further east and start getting close to South Dakota and things, then, um, then you see a few more. But not a ton, not like places that are further down the... Um, I don't I, I, the, I know the words anyway that are further from the source. Yeah. Bryce Hoffman, best Rapache for Corridors. I've never gone wrong with community blend. So I, I usually use community. And the key, yes, community maybe doesn't have as much protein in it as like spawn and grow or something like that. But the key with Corys seems to be like quantity. So keep a whole bunch of community blend in there and they'll bulk up and spawn if that's your goal. But community does really well for me for a wide variety of fish. The only time I do something different is if it's a fish that I know needs lots of vegetable matter, then I'll, I'll cut in some Soylent Green into the community blend. And that's great for like the Siamese algae eaters um, and a lot of the live bears that like a lot of vegetable matter in their diet, uh, Plecostomus, things like that. So yeah, community is just awesome. You don't have to go fancy with Rapashi, not in my experience anyway. Okay, let's see here. Rockford Fishkeeping. I have been seeing that you want to do small 25% water change per week on the chocolates. Is that true? Or should I do my normal 50%? Well, honestly, I would do what you normally do. That's what I would do for their first week with me. They're in a quarantine system where they get a 50 cent, a 50 cent, a 50% water change every day. They literally get 50% change a day and they're fine. And then when they're moved from there to the, the regular system, they get a 33% water change every day. So that's what they've experienced in my tanks. Now, one thing about that, though, is because it happens every day, it's consistent, if that makes sense. There's, there's a big difference between changing 50% a day, because that keeps the water fairly consistent, because it's happening consistently, versus not changing the water for half a year and then doing a big 50% water change, because that's not consistent at all. So I've never had an experience with them where they didn't do well with those water changes that I use. And the people I've sold them to, um, with those couple of exceptions that I spoke about earlier, they've been 
tough as nails for them. So I think I would do what you usually do and you'll be fine. Now, there are species that are very sensitive to ammonia. So if you have ammonia in your tap water, sometimes that happens. I would uh, definitely put in like your safe or your prime or whatever before you add the water to the aquarium. And in general, this isn't just with chocolate garamis, but in general, anytime you can, it's a great idea to age your water and let it bubble, like put it in an air stone for eight to 24 hours before you add it to your aquarium because that stabilizes it. So if you're doing a 50% water change, there's a big difference between getting like a hose from your tap and putting it straight in the aquarium versus filling a big bucket, letting it aerate for several hours and then putting it in your aquarium. Here's a case in point. So if you do a large water change and you put the hose directly in your tank, say, or you're using a python and it's coming straight out of your tap, anything like that, you'll often see all these really fine micro bubbles coat the surface of the glass, coat lots of things, sometimes coat your fish. What that is, is there's lots of gases that are dissolved in the water when it's in your taps because the water is under pressure. And so that pressure dissolves those gases into the water. When you put them in your aquarium, that water into your aquarium, that pressure is released and then the gas reverts back to its gaseous form and all those little bubbles go all over. A lot of times it's nitrogen, um, but there could be other things. I'm not, I'm not a chemist by any means. But what's that, what that is showing you is the inherent instability of water fresh from your tap. The water coming out of your tap has a lot of things that are going to change in it over the course of a few hours or a day, especially if it's aerated, if you have an air stone in there bubbling away. And it's a lot less stressful to fish if you put water changes with that water, especially if you're doing a larger percentage water change. So that's what I would say. I think you can do large water changes once a week, yes, but I'd really recommend doing it with water that has been gassed off and stabilized as opposed to fresh from the tap. Just because a whole layer of instability is avoided that way. That's what I would say. All right, saw a couple of super chats coming in. Thank you, folks. Um, let me acknowledge them. Scrolling to find them. Hang on. So I think the last one, okay, here we go. Patricia Klopel. Hey, Patricia, I'm so glad you could make it. I hope you are doing well. I hope your husband's doing well. Um, $2. And what do we got? Oh, we got the Betty Boop shyness going on. The shy Betty Boop wiggle and then be like, oops, that was embarrassing pair. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> When I first saw those stickers, when they first came out, I was kind of like, yeah. But now I'm like, you know what? Those are kind of cool. Petsotics, five bucks, helping a friend in need, investing in the friend's business, supporting the fish fam. Hey, thanks, Petsotics. I appreciate that. And I, I hope you're, I hope Petsotics is going well for you. If, if folks need fish supplies, check out Petsotics.com or Petsotics on Get Gills. KP, $2.50. Thanks. Well, thank you. Really appreciate you. And does that conclude? Nope. Brandon C, 1999. You are amazing pair. Are these pairs? To me, these are pairs. What is this one doing? 
Okay, just just partying and doffing the hat. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brandon C. I appreciate it. All right, back to where we were. Scrolling, looking for questions and comments that are highlighted for me. Oh, sorry, it just jumped, folks. I'm scrolling back up. I lost my spot. This is the bane of my existence. <laughs> So anyone, if I'm past where your question or comment was left and I didn't reply, it's just because chats jumped on me a couple times because I'm so far behind and uh, that's just the way I roll. And so if you leave it again, I'm not ignoring you on purpose. It just skips and I literally can't see it sometimes. All right, scrolling again. Okay, great. Just found the comment, the question about chocolate gouramis. And I see Keller's Aquatics listing how to get your my name highlighted. So I see it. And here we go. Chewy LTD. Great to see you, Chewy. Thanks for always being here. The AKA American Killifish Association is known for population collection points involved in population races. Do you think that the Canadian banded killifish is in the hobby or would they all be American population? So I have read in, um, in JACA, the Journal of the American Killifish Association, J-A-K-A, we call it JACA, about um, banded killifish being collected in, I think it was Newfoundland. Could I be wrong? Is there a range in Newfoundland? Um, but in Canada. And I don't remember who wrote the article, and it was several years ago, and I don't know if they're still around. But I would suspect... It might have been, there's a lot of AKA members that live in Canada. In fact, their memberships all over the world. So it could very well be that there was a member in Canada that went and collected some and wrote the article and, and bred them and stuff. But in general, I would suspect that someone in the United States who's keeping and breeding that species uh, probably did not get them from Canada just because there's a whole layer of import and paperwork and legality they would have had to have de dealt with. Um, but I don't know, you know, they could have done it. I'll also say that fundless species and things like that that come from really cold areas, say Newfoundland, um, are often not kept successfully long term in hobbyist tanks just because cold water requirements are hard to maintain in aquariums. So it's hard to find species that thrive in cold water kept long-term and bred generation after generation in any hobbyist tanks. So that I'm not saying they aren't there and that they don't exist, but I do think that they're going to be few and far between. Now, for like $34, you can join the AKA for a year, a whole year for like 34 bucks. When you do that, you get um, the BNL, which is the business newsletter, you get that every month where people who have hobbyists who breed killifish and live food and all kinds of stuff list the stuff they have for sale. So if you're looking for rare killifish species, you can find them there or you can post a wish list and say, hey, I'm looking for this. And that goes out to all the members. And then anyone keeping that fish, if you're looking for the banded killifish, there might be someone up in Canada who has them, would see that you're looking for them and be able to get them to you, for example. Now, I know, Chewy, that you're probably not actually keeping the fish right now. But if anyone was trying to, to do that and wanted to keep that fish, that's an avenue. The other thing you get that's really 
valuable besides the bi-monthly Jocka, which is just full of information about killifish articles and things like that. The other thing is you get access to the roster of members, and this is super useful. So you can call someone in your area. You can look who's in your area, who's close to you. You can call them up and say, hey, I just joined the AKA. I'm fairly close to you. Um, you can can what can you tell me about the local killifish scene? There might be an affiliate club that meets every month or two in your area and you could get turned on to that. Or they might know some other people in the area that keep killifish. And eventually by working that roster, you can get to know a lot of people and they can point you to people that keep species that you're looking for. It's just a, a place to network. So that's what I'd say about that. Okay, just made it to Chattanooga, Ed's super chat. Thanks again, Ed. And mice gift, mice gift. I like it. I've never bought fish online before as to my knowledge. It's not a big thing here in the UK. I did find someone on eBay selling panda arandas. Can you give me some tips, please? I think the biggest, if you're new to this and trying to navigate the waters, so it's tricky. Eventually, with time, you'll find out, oh, this is a seller I trust. This is a seller that, that, that I don't. Um, you, you'll find that stuff out. But you can take some advantage from other people's experience. And this is where ratings become really useful. I would just pay close attention to the ratings. Um, you could be someone who really wants to be careful. You can contact that seller and say, hey, can you give me some references so they can refer you to people that have bought fish from them and you can talk to them and find out how it went, um, what the experience was like. If you can find people that have bought fish from that person and get their opinion, that's probably the most informative way to choose a seller online, I would say. The seller is always going to say, yeah, my stuff's great. You read any of the websites of any of the online sellers and it's always, we do great. And there'll be testimonials on all of them, if whether they're good or bad or whatever, right? So really just being able to contact some of their buyers and find out the real deal is very useful. Um, you could do some Googling, see if there's reviews for that seller on, you know, that are not on eBay or videos that show unboxings from that seller, things like that. But that's what I'd say is the most important thing. The other thing, though, if you're buying online that has to do with you instead of the seller is make sure that you have um, a proper environment set up for that fish, ready to go well in advance of purchase. So the tank needs to be cycled or, or even mature, basically to the point where you're not going to get this fish that has been shipped, which is an inherently stressful experience for a fish. And then take that fish and put it in an aquarium that is new or not quite mature yet, not seasoned well yet, and therefore likely to experience an ammonia or a nitrite spike. Because the fish just went through stress. The last thing it needs right now is more stress by going into an unstable system. So on your end, have something ready, a system that's stable and isn't going to go through uh, problems that new tanks often go through. That's what I would say. Mice gift, I hope that's helpful. And I, I don't know 
fillers in the UK to refer you to. Oh, you know what? Something else that might be good, though, there are fish clubs in the UK. It might be good to contact them and say, hey, I'm thinking of buying online. What do you guys know about this seller? Or do you know of a good provider for these species that I'm looking for? They're going to know in general who's reputable and who isn't reputable and who isn't uh, if there's some of those members in your area. Yeah. Terrence Blayton, what do you think about Gardneri Panchax Achilles being in the same tank as a couple of peacock gudgeons? They seem to be okay, but the gudgeons are riled up. Oh, okay. So if Terrence, if by Gardneri Panchax, we're talking about Fundalopanchax Gardneri versus Gardneri and Panchax, two different species, I think what you're saying here is what about Gardneri? Versus what about Gardneri and Panchax, right? Because those are two different fish. Um, then I think they're going to be fine. The, the one thing that might be a little confusing to those peacock gudgeons, though, is uh, the, they look very similar. So let's look at this. For those, okay, Fundulopanchax Gardneri. Okay, so there's Fun of the Panchex Gardneri. And then let's look at some peacock gudgeons. I think you'll be okay because temperament wise, you're okay. But here's probably what's going on. These Gardneri, if you look at them, they have these yellow margins here, right? And then a lot of red on kind of a blue iridescent background. If you look at the peacock gudgeons, yellow margins red spots, blue iridescent background. So the peacock gudgeons are probably looking at those Gardneri and thinking that there are other peacock gudgeons and they might be confused because they're not acting like peacock gudgeons. So they're seeing them as conspecifics, but they probably don't know quite what to do with them because they don't act right, right? So they might be a little confused, but temperament wise, I think you're going to be okay. And I think in the long term, everyone will kind of chill out and the peacock gudgeons will just get used to these weird peacock gudgeons that don't act right swimming above them or around them. That's my guess. I've never had a problem keeping Gardneri with panch- um, sorry, Gardneri with peacock gudgeons, and I have done it. But I bet those <laughs> I bet they're a little confused. <laughs> Real stinks. Where do you order those middle water hatchet fish? <laughs> well, I bet it get gills. Yes, they they are for sale on get gills. If you want these hatchet fish behind me, I've still got some available. I've shipped many, many of them, and I think tallied one loss out of the probably 100, 150 that I've sold. So they're good and hardy. They're not stressed out fresh imports like your general hatchets are. Um, once a hatchet settles in, it's a really hardy fish, but they are pretty delicate for the first few weeks after they're imported for sure. But yeah, if you want them, I've got them for sale on Get Gills at the Dance Fish store or dancefish.com. Another of the Z, guys, Glitch is my first name. I feel you. I'm tech challenged. Mice Gift, it's currently 2.40 a.m. here in London, and this is the best time I am watching your channel. I'm so glad. Thank you. Oh, and this is the first time I'm watching your channel. Well, that's good, too. Thanks for being here. Um, Jeez, get some sleep, but thanks for being here. Oh, you know what? Time change, right? Hang on one second. Oh, geez. You're going to see my pajamas. (laughs) 
Here we go. Oh, you didn't see him. Okay, good. Um, yeah, time change. So I've got to change some fish light timers and stuff. I didn't even think of that. That's why stuff's going out all around me. Daylight savings just started or ended or something. But my skiff, thanks for being here. And uh, I love London. I love London. I love visiting. You live in an amazing town. Jane Shell, are almond leaves good for guppies? I would, I mean, generally guppies are not a fish I would put almond leaves in with. I don't think they're going to harm them, but guppies tend to thrive in hard alkaline water. And when you put Indian almond leaves in a tank, you're creating potentially softer, more acidic water. So usually almond leaves are used um, to help fish that come from blackwater environments that are soft and acidic feel comfortable and thrive. That being said, the tannins themselves have humic acids and fulvic acids and all kinds of stuff like that 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 are good for pretty much any fish. But guppies are one of the guppies and African cichlids and things like that, rift lake cichlids and things like that are probably the last fish I would think, oh, that fish needs an Indian almond leaf. Yeah, that's just my thoughts. I, I've never kept guppies with Indian almond leaves, so I can't really be like, oh, yeah, I did it and they perked up and made three times as many fry. Uh, yeah, I look at it as hard outgoing versus soft acidic, and that's a simplistic way to look at it. So my answer is not the end all be all by any means. Another the Z. How many fish do you have right now? <laughs> I have no idea. Thousands upon thousands, but the actual count, I have no idea. About 4,000 gallons worth. How's that? Besides that, geez, I have no idea. <laughs> Skippers Aquariums, I need a breeding for profit to help my LFS. Any ideas? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, the Santa Maria Endlers Skippers would be great. Um, in fact, shoot me an email if you want them. You're a mod, so I can hook you up. Um, Cobra Endlers would be great. Some kind of, I mean, guppies and endlers that are bright and vibrant are, are just great for breeding for profit. If we're talking about local fish store stuff and they're super easy. I think though that to me, like the ultimate easy to breed hundreds of and fish stores really like them because they usually can't get them are Killifish. Um, I really like Funnel Panchax Gardneri. I like Aphiosimian striatum. Easy to get fish, easy to breed, easy to raise. Um, the Bivitatums are pretty good at that, although they're a little slower growing than the striatum and the, the uh, Gardneri. So ultimately, though, I think the move there, Skipper's Aquariums, is go to that fish store and say, what would you like? So you make sure you don't buy or breed a whole bunch of fish, take them to the store and be like, Hey, I bred these for you. Here they are. And then them be like, we do not want those, right? That'd be a bad scenario. So Thomas, I would go talk to them and say, what are you looking for? Maybe come with like 10 species, whether it's guppies or endlers or some of the other live bears, like black chin live bears, um, some of the limias, 
stuff like that might be good. Easy to breed and raise, but they don't have ready access to them. Um, some of the killifish, the things that you think that would be good, I would go to them with a list and be like, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And if they don't like anything on the list, just be like, okay, so what would you buy from me if I was to, uh, to breed them? See what they want. That's how I would approach that. Fish keeper Cole, I have some quarries that are about three months old and I can't house all of them. What is the best way of selling them? I know this is that this topic is very broad, but can you do your best answer? So I'm, of course, going to tell you, list them on getgills.com because I think that's the best site to sell fish on. I think it's user friendly and uh, and I'm an owner in the company. So full disclosure, but that's right here. Go to getgills.com and anyone can create an account. It's free to create an account. It's free to set up a store. Here are all the stores that are on the site. So these are people that have created a store and have stuff to sell on the site. So here's my store. These are the fish I have for sale. So you can add, add fish for sale there. There is a percentage collected. If you successfully sell the fish, uh, we collect 5% to maintain the website and the uh, payment processor company um, charges like 2.9%, some the industry standard plus 30 cents per transaction, I think is the total. So total fees are going to be somewhere in the 8% range, a little over 8% that you would pay. So if you sold a hundred dollars worth of fish or, or sold a, I'm sorry, a transaction worth a hundred dollars, then you would get like 90 something bucks of that. But the site would collect a fee at that point, but it won't collect a fee in, unless you successfully sell them. Other lights are going out now, too. Man, that is dark. <laughs> um, so that's what I say as far as a place to sell them. Now, what I would do is I go to get gills and read like the terms and conditions that other sellers are posting. So you can see what are kind of the norms. What are the guarantees? What kind of shipping are people using and stuff like that? And, and I kind of just mimic that your first setup as you're learning what works for you. Um, yeah, that's what I would say if you're okay with shipping fish and then watch my videos on shipping fish. There's a lot of information I give about that. And I, I know how to ship fish. That's one thing. That's one place I'm very confident at on in this hobby. And I feel like the information I give is really good. So check that out. Now, if you want to sell them without shipping them, then you've got Craigslist um, you have local Facebook groups where you have to be a little careful because now Facebook doesn't allow you to sell, but uh, you can at least let people know you've got extras. And if they PM you, then you can set things. Um, it's hard to recommend Facebook anymore, though. Sorry. I mentioned them just because for years they were a place to do it. And so it slipped off my tongue before I remembered they don't really do that anymore. Um, but Craigslist, things like that would be a good way to uh get in touch with people. If you want to visit your local fish store and see if they would be interested in buying some, that's a possibility. Or if you have a local fish club, then they're probably going to have an auction at their monthly meeting where you can bring fish to sell at the club. So that's what I would say. Mike Sackett, just set up my first canister filter. What substrate is good for anaerobic bacteria? Thanks. Um, Mike, that is yeah, that's a question that's a little bit out of my expertise. 
are you talking about anaerobic bacteria in the canister? Um, I don't know how to steer you successfully on that one. Honestly, when I set up a canister, my goal is to not have any areas that are anaerobic. Just because if there are anaerobic areas, that's fine until I go to like clean the canister or mess with it in some way, kill off that population, then, then I'll have problems. So I'm not saying that you should not do that. I'm just saying I've always avoided it. So I can't really direct you on that because I don't have experience with it. If anyone in here is the OG of anaerobic colonies and canister filters, would you chime in so we can help Mike out? Because I really am not, I'm not uh, qualified, I feel like, to help Mike in that area. Anthony Fish Friends, uh, saying hi to lots of folks. Well, hello, Anthony's Fish Friends. Welcome. Sylvia R. Sylvia, it is great to see you here. I see you over on Facebook quite a bit. Um, if folks are looking for a great Facebook group, then the Get Gills Facebook group is pretty awesome, if I do say so myself. We're a, a fun bunch, and there's neat stuff going on there. Um, what's the best way to minimize aggression between naturally ornery fish, like gouramis, lots of plants, lots of caves, something else? Thanks. So there's a few ways... Uh, one of the best ways is a large tank. So there's plenty of space for everyone. Lots of line of sight blocks so fish can get away from each other and don't always see each other. But the truth is, let's take your example of gouramis. Um, not all gouramis are, are ornery, but let's say you have a species that is. Uh, a bunch of male dwarf gouramis, let's say. If you have a large, a really large tank, you'll be fine just because it's big enough for everyone. But that's not reality for most people. That would be an enormous tank. But if you have like a six foot long tank and lots of areas with plants and line of sight blocks, that'll help. But they're still going to see each other and frequently you're going to have a clash. The truth is for a lot of species that are ornery, you just have to go with what the species what works for them. In the case of like uh, male dwarf gourami, is just have one, is what I would recommend. Sometimes the fish is what it is, and no matter how much we want them to behave differently, they're not going to. The other trick that works fairly well with some species is just to crowd the fish. So there's lots of fish together, so you don't get any one that can rain to rise to an amount of dominance where it's really a problem that works well with lots of African rift lake cichlids and things. But even in those situations, you can often have it where if you had a tank full of male grummies, I've seen this happen when I worked at, uh, you know, a wholesaler. If you put a whole bunch of male dwarf grummies in a tank, even though they're crowded, they are what they are and you're still going to have one that just kind of feels more aggressive and gets a little more dominant and harasses everyone. Yes, that harassment spread around a lot, but inevitably you'll have the couple that are at the bottom of the pecking order that just gradually get stressed and wither away. And when they're gone, then the next ones down in the pecking order have the same experience. So sometimes you can change a fish's behavior 
um, with enough caves and line of sight blocks and big enough tanks and stuff. But in general, I found it useful to just say, hey, fish, you are what you are. I'm going to respect that in play by your rules. That's what I found works, you know, a lot more often than trying to change the fish's behavior. Reef Lake cichlids, though, crowd them. I mean, it's it's tried and true and, and tested. Garamis uh, works to some extent, but not not very reliable. Skipper's Aquariums is having a problem with his CPU. Well, that's no fun. I'm seeing that my volume is peaking up into the red here. I'm going to turn it down just a bit. If that's like way softer or annoyingly low, would you let me know? And I'll, I'll bump it back up again, but I don't want it popping too hot. Um, so I'm trying to dial that in. Another the Z. Oh, how many species are you keeping right now? Oh, I don't even know. Um, at least, okay. So if I go to, I can kind of show you. So if I go to my store, Right now I have 35 species listed for sale, but I have a lot more than that that I'm keeping. I've run out of inventory on some fish that I need to restock in the store. Like I have them, they're just not up there. Um, and sales have been strong and I've been super busy. So I've sold some stuff down. I just really need to restock it. And there's other species that are new that I haven't listed yet or that just haven't um, aren't up to my standard to ship that I've had for a long time, but aren't ready to go. So I'd say that right now I've probably got about 50 species is my guess. That's what I average about 50 species for sale at any one time, which means about 55 to 60 at any one time. I'm a little bit low right now, so I'm going to say 50. That's my guess. Okay, don't worry. I have not forgotten that it's 822 and we're going to do the giveaway for the exclamation point Razaboras shortly. I have promised my mods that after an hour and a half of this live stream, we'll wrap things up so that uh, they don't stay here all night. <laughs> and so I can get upstairs to tuck my kids in before it gets too late. All right, so we're going to try to burn through the next ones. I'm, I might not be as... Um, long-winded on these next ones. Actually, it looks like we're doing okay. There aren't a lot that um, that we've missed. Oh, yeah, there are. It just jumped on me. Oh, geez. Okay. Brandon C., the $19.99 Super Chat. You are amazing. Thanks again, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Jose Rodriguez. Jose, hey, thanks for shipping to D.C. and for all the wonderful fish that arrived today. I'm so glad they arrived and it sounds like safely and successfully. And by the way, Jose, thanks for letting us know. We did not realize that on Get Gills, we have all the states listed, but we didn't have Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia listed. And so <laughs> Jose sent me an email. I was like, I ordered from you, but I couldn't put in my correct address because... I live, I'm in Washington, D.C., so we got it worked out. Jose, that's been fixed. Now anyone that lives in Washington, D.C. can uh, select that as their address option for shipping. So sorry about that hiccup. Thanks for letting us know, though. Always appreciate the feedback. Anyone that uses Get Gills, if you have feedback, we're listening. And if you've noticed, if you've been here a while, often when a, an issue is brought up or a a thought about the website is expressed. We're pretty quick to act on it when we can. And that happens frequently. 
Caleb's Aquatics, $10 with the, what are these? The, uh, ah, the rattles, the, the Macarenas. They're not Macarenas. Are they Macarenas? I don't know. But yay. <laughs> Reminds me of my kids when they were babies because they were always holding the rattles. And they were naked like that. <laughs> um, the Fish Tank Barn, $10. Thanks, Dan and Pam, for what you do. No more Professor Pam rocks. Yes, she does. Pam has been a huge asset to this community for a long time. So for those that don't know, Pam's going through a rough patch. Um, sorry to do this again. I know I recently did this for my expansion and for candy, but Pam needs help right now. If you're able, please check out her GoFundMe. One of the mods will list it, I'm sure. The link to that, it's also listed earlier at the beginning of the live stream, almost the very beginning of the live stream. Um, so if you are able to help her out, please consider it. Okay, looking to make sure I didn't miss any more Super Chats. Aquarium is maintained by Andy. Two bucks. Hey, Andy, thank you so much. Appreciate the Super Chat. Never required, but always appreciated. And they do make Brenda, my wife, super happy. Okay. And that's the end of the Super Chats. We are at 825. So I think... We are going to go ahead and do this drawing. Gee whiz, Dolby, are you misbehaving? Candy had to bring down the, the power on you, huh? Got to behave, gee whiz. Got to behave. Okay. Let's do this drawing. We are going to give away some exclamation point Rasboras. Great little nano community fish. Super peaceful. And the group I've had, I've had for a while. No losses They've been hardy, really from the get-go. So I think they'll do well for you. Here we are. Let's make sure everyone... Okay, the mods can enter. Great, they deserve it. This is not enabled, right? Let's see, if I click this, does this go down? Yeah, I want that disabled. Yeah, okay. That way, a mod that like lets people know what the entrance hashtag is multiple times can still um, can still enter. Automatically mark users ineligible that post the keyword multiple times. I that's not enabled. Now it is disabled. Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I've got to get like a sound that's a drum roll. Let's pretend that happened. And the winner is Ugquatics. Ugquatics. <laughs> when I first read that, when I first read that out loud because you did a comment or something, I remember I was like, UG Quatics. No, Ugquatics. Um, if you're here, you've got about a minute to let us know that you're here and that you're present. There you are. Oh man, Aquatics won. So Aquatics, if you would email me, dan at dancefish.com and let me know your real first and last name and your shipping address so I can send them to you. If you could do that by noon tomorrow, that would be fantastic. And I will send them to you on Monday free of charge. So thanks for being here. Thanks for playing. Glad you won. Congratulations.
Congratulations. And uh, if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, I can't actually house those or I don't have room or you want to uh, donate them to someone else, um, if you would check with that person, make sure they want them and everything and then let me know. I'll just confirm with that person so they don't get surprised fish that they like, I don't know what to do with these, right? That's a bad situation. And then I'm happy to send them where, wherever in the United States um, you want. Okay, great. Thanks everybody for being here. There's only two minutes left. I think I can grab just one or two more quick questions and comments. Um, Mice gift. I'm currently lagging 13 minutes behind, but just want to say thank you for your help. You're welcome. All the way from London. Ugg Aquatics. Metroplex will help with anaerobic bacteria. I I think Ugg I think that what they were trying to do is actually cultivate anaerobic bacteria in their filter system. That's how I read it. It's like I've got a canister filter. Um, I thought what they were trying to do was build an anaerobic bacteria colony in the uh, canister filter because that can uh, anaerobic bacteria can remove nitrates from the system. Maybe I read that wrong, though. If you're trying to kill anaerobic bacteria, um, send me an email, Dan at Dan's Fish, if, if I misread your question or comment about that, and I will uh, be able to cover that in detail. We're just about out of time here. Time for one more. Priscilla MKR, hello, shiny head. You know it. You know it. God only made a few perfect heads. The rest he had to cover with hair. Sylvia, Achilles jump like mad, right? Yes. How on earth do you feed or do maintenance on them then? Oh, well... So they jump, yes, but they usually don't do it when you just lift the lid and put in some food. Occasionally they will, but in general, that's not the case. In general, you lift up the lid, you drop in some food, you close the lid, you're fine. The problem is when you open the lid and forget to close it, and it's open, say, overnight, and you come back and they're all on the floor, or you come back an hour later, and it's like, ooh, one jumped. You know, that's the problem. But Feeding's not a, usually a problem. I just keep an eye on them, but I can I can siphon out the tanks and feed and do all the maintenance and scrubbing down without having them jump as long as I put the lid back on as soon as I'm done. The worst jumpers are the hatchet fish because they get super excited about food. And when I have my hand up and I'm sprinkling the food, they'll jump for the food while it's falling. So so as soon as I lift up the lid and put my hand up and start going, they start jumping. So I have to like. I've got to the point where I like try to tempt them over to this side of the tank. Then over here, I lift up the lid real quick, throw in the food, close the lid. Because <laughs> hatchet fish are the worst. But with Killies, you should be able to do all that um, without them jumping. As long, just don't forget to close the lid when you're done. And if you're siphoning and then you have to go run to the sink to change the Python settings or whatever, um, close the lid down, do it, and then come back and reopen the lid. Like, don't have the lid open unless you're actively in there, is what I would say. All right, I'm going to close it. It's 8.31, and oh, just in time for Susan of SLC Aquatics to join us. Glad you made it. Replay is going to go in just a moment. Thanks to my mods. I super appreciate you, all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, 
Thanks to everyone that gave a super chat. Half of the super chat proceeds will go to 54 Punchy, our very own Pam or Not Candy, uh, to help her out. She's going through a difficult time. And check out her GoFundMe as well. Candy set up a GoFundMe for 54 Punchy. If you Google 54 Punchy GoFundMe, you can find it. The link's also been posted several times if you watch the replay. Um, Everyone that just chatted and asked questions. Thanks so much, you lurkers. I feel you. I lurk a ton. And everyone watching the replay, thank you. Appreciate you all. We'll be back next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. And I'm just pausing awkwardly, so I turn this off after I say bye-bye. Because people told me I say bye-bye, and usually what they see is and then it stops because I don't pause. So bye-bye. Pause, 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 stop.